You're listening to a podcast from Bayside Church International. School. That is what, that was God confirming to me what he has called me to do in my life. And I'm so excited for what's to come. Um, I'm Kate. I kind of wasn't expecting anything to really happen. Um, I've stopped coming to church. It's been like six, seven months. Um, the girls actually helped me to come to youth a bit more. Um, the first night, the Sam Dunbar was speaking about letting your light in into your heart, and you could go around obstacles. You got it. Um, it was a really good session, but I didn't really feel a connection with God in that. So I got a couple of my youth leaders to pray for me, then I could let the light in. Um, a couple of sessions, I started feeling a good connection with God. I felt less worried about what people would think about me and would say. I started focusing on what God's plan was for me. It felt amazing. <laughs> I started getting a good connection with God on the last night in worship. There was a girl in front of me, which I knew she had a hard story with, her, with God and her family and friends. I decided to stop focusing on me and walked up to her and asked if I could pray for her. She got into tears and, and she started feeling connection with God. I realised that I gave her something little to give her the light of God. After the session, she came up to me and said she thanked me for praying for her. Um, it brought her closer to God. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, um, that night was amazing. I felt like there was going to be a massive change in this generation for leaders to come out to help the next generation in our schools and our community. God's challenged me to talk, not just talk about God, but to help the next generation speak out and get their, get their light started with God instead of going through darkness, to get them out of shame and sadness, but to seek for God because only God can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, to, vic- to, vic- to give victims a victory. So uh, camp was a big jump for the first time, yet the only thing that stuck in my mind was the tension in my long-distance relationship, and I was upset and hurting by it. I didn't know if I should um, leave the relationship, but um, on the last worship night, I wrote what was on my mind, which was, um, you know, stress and doubt. And um, I wrote it on paper and I threw my heart out to God when I threw the torn paper in the air. Um, And I cried a lot, but I felt way better. I felt I knew God God a little more because he completely took my heartache away and I feel a better security in God now. Um, I don't feel tension anymore and I'm not giving up um, and that there is more to come and I can't let um, time be an issue for us meeting each other. And um, God really just took that away from me and I'm just so thankful for that.
Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, camp was really awesome. Like my favourite part was the worship because everyone had like their hands up and were worshiping God, and we could all feel the presence of God like in us. And we went. None of us were like scared to put our hands up and close our eyes and worship God. So um, I challenge you um, during worship just to like let it just be God in you, not um, anyone else around you. And yeah, see what He does to you. Yeah. yeah, youth camp was a really awesome time, and it was awesome seeing so many kids being touched by Jesus in all of the sessions. And everyone just went home, took something home, and I think everyone's been changed from the camp. Every single person that went. Jesse, by the way, was part of the worship team, and I want to tell you, it was a actually I can't use Australian adjective here, but it was a it was a darn good worship team. <laughs> it was a really it was really quality, and that just just brought heaven down. He was part of that. Maureen looks like she's got to say something. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, I'm a school chaplain in the primary school. Every one of these kids go to one of our public schools. And I believe the only answer in our public schools today is Jesus. And what I saw in these kids here that night on the Thursday night, when they, um, someone, you spoke about you tearing the paper up and I was stood on the front row behind them and they threw their doubts, their fears in the just 180 kids, you know, which is amazing. And when these papers just flew in the air, I just felt something break in the atmosphere. And I believe for these young people, you're the hope that we are sending into our schools. They're the hope. You're the hope for those broken kids. You're the hope for those broken kids. You've got credentials to share. You've got wisdom you have more than you know that God's going to bring out of you. You, my darling, you are going to minister over people in song and, and words. And Ebony, I already have seen in the primary school the effect that you've had on people. And, and I believe that God has got so much in store for you, so much in store for you, that you're even going to outshine these two on the front row. <laughs> And, and, and I can say that because I know that they will be good with that. Good with that. And Jesse, I was trying to get pictures of you, but with all these kids in the mosh pit, I couldn't. But, you know, you just fit in there. So your gifting is going to be in worship. And not only are you going to worship, you are going to write songs. You are going to minister in songs. Your dad will write the books. You will write the songs. Okay? So... But you're the hope. But you guys have got to get behind them and back them in prayer. Mm. And resources as well. I'm quickly going to finish off now because we've got an amazing message coming. You're not going to like this, but there's a preacher on you. There's a preacher in you. And you hang around with these guys and hang back into church and God, we're going to see you preaching in your teens, in your, not, not, in your, not, in your, not when you're 19 or 18 before that. We'll be seeing you preaching. There's a preacher in you. 
just want to say that. I've got other words for you, but I'm not going to do it because Jake's got them for you later. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay. Okay. We'll do that. Good idea. Everyone who's school age, come up here. If you're school age, if you're a kid, you're school age, up here. Okay, come on. Come on, Chad. I'm going to hand the mic back to you for this prayer. Yep. Yep. Where's our super kids? State school, homeschooled, private schooled. Most important thing, schooled in the spirit. Uh, if you believe in these kids, why don't you stand to your feet? Let's pray for them. Holy. You know, in Acts 4, um, it says they raised their voice together and prayed something. And it's got the prayer written there, but they all didn't say it all at once, like Monty Python, you know. They raised their voice together and someone articulated the heart of what everyone was saying. So why don't you, regardless of who's around you, raise your voice, whether it's in English or another language, it doesn't bother me. Why don't you pray blessing over these kids? Come on, extend your hands to them and bless them. And you guys pray for the adults because they're not making enough noise. They're absolutely not praying loud enough. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Dad, we bestow blessing upon these generations. We declare them as blessed, as the head and not the tail, as above and not belief. beneath. We say they are world changers and planet shakers. They are impact makers in their worlds and they will rock the places that they go. They will bring security and safety, that they will bring great dis-ease to where there is a status quo that needs to be challenged. And so, Father, I pray the mighty working of your Spirit to blow through them in Jesus' name, to work and operate through them. Like David who stood up to Goliath, a young man, Father, may they be heads and shoulders above as you call and appoint them to take on the giants in their life. We bless them and we honour them and their, uh, their legacies and their future in Jesus' name. Come on, someone say amen. Lift it up. Oh. So are you all ready? You ready for the man of God to come and give the word of God? How are we? Good? You sure? Didn't sound like it. Are you good? Come on. Those kids that did the youth camp... Young adults, can you please stand up? (laughs) Can you come up here, please? I'm sorry. And I just say, what an amazing encouragement you are and the others that aren't here at the moment. <laughs> you, you guys aren't the next generation. You are the generation. You know? There's a verse in Matthew that says... In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Can I borrow your sunglasses for a sec? I find it kind of rude when people are inside and they wear sunglasses. But get used to it, guys, because you guys are shining so brightly that people are going to have to wear their sunglasses around you guys. And as Rob said, what was your name? Sorry. Kate? Kate? Get used to wearing one of these (laughs) because you have something in you. It's a sweet, soft spirit, but yet it holds a sword and a spear because you have a warrior inside of you. You have a fighting spirit. Sometimes it feels hard, (laughs) but you have the army of God behind you. All of you do. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate what you guys are doing. So basically what I want to speak on today is I want to read out of 1 Samuel 17, the David and Goliath story. Um, I don't want to make any assumptions and say that all you guys have heard the story before, but I'm sure most of you have. Um, And just before I get into it, the the theme of what I'm going to say today is facing your giants, facing your fears. Um, it's something that I, it's not a new revelation for most of us or a new preach or anything like that, but I feel like it's something that we need to be reminded constantly because sometimes we can fall back into our old ways. For me, facing my, my fears is doing this exact thing. See? it's not comfortable for me to be doing this. It's not comfortable for me to speak in front of people or anything like that, but but I know, I realise that it's there in front of me and I have to overcome it because there's people out there that need to hear the word of Jesus. So I'll be reading 1 Samuel 17 and I'll be starting around 17. From 17 to verse 20, I'll be doing a lot of reading, so so just bear with me. It says, Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. So basically what he's saying is <laughs> David was the first Uber Eats. Okay? He was the first delivery driver. 
<laughs> now Saul and they and all of the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. So what we can see from this passage is, is David had to first leave his comfort zone. He had, to, he had to leave what he knew best, what he would do day in, day out, on a routine that he could have done it in his sleep. It didn't matter. I mean, he was good at it, but he was comfortable at it as well. So first things first, before we face our fears, we have to come out of our comfort zones. We have to, we have to step forward. Sometimes God places us in front of giants because he knows that it's our destiny on the other side. You'll never win a battle that you don't show up to. It's impossible. We can't, we, can't, we can't remain comfortable and expect battles to be won on our behalf. The only way we can overcome a hurdle is by approaching it first. So if we have hurdles in front of us in our lives or anything like that, we have to first approach the hurdle to be able to jump over it. If you look in the Olympics... I'm not much of a runner or a hurdler, but I've seen it done before. They have to run towards it to be able to jump over it. We can't win a battle facing backwards either. As some of you know, Rachel and, and myself, we spent three years in America and... <clears throat> We first got the prophetic word before we were married that we would be going over to America to study. And from that very day we got that first prophetic word, we worked. We worked hard to save. We knew that God wanted us over there. And we didn't know where or, or when, but we knew that we were going, so we prepared ourselves so we started working, saving every cent that we could. Um, and then we got married and we did the same. And it was probably about a year, year and a half later that we actually went over. And in that time we had um, enough for the first year. And we only thought we were going to go over there for one year at a time. Well, only for one year. And we had enough money to back us for that year. We had to live tightly, but... Um, we could do it and we knew we could do it and probably about halfway through the year we had someone else come up to us and say you're going to be here for two years we thought oh okay how's this going to happen and we we prayed about it and we felt like it was right for us to go back over there so we went we came back to Australia we had probably about nine weeks where we could work and try and save up enough to live a whole year without working because we weren't able to work while we were over there. And so we worked that nine 
nine weeks and we had enough money to buy our plane tickets over there and live for two weeks. <laughs> and we saved as hard as we could and basically that's all we had and we purchased the plane tickets because they were cheap at the time so we just bought them and we thought, well, we're, we're stuffed. We've only got two weeks. And so we, uh, we approached the pastor, our pastor at the time. We said, look, we can't, we can't go over there. And he said, well, worst, worst case scenario, you're going on a two-week holiday to America. So just go over there and, and see how you go for the two weeks and, you know, see what, we'll put it in God's hands. So that's what we did. We prayed about it. I think maybe we talked to him on a Thursday night and then by Monday morning we had roughly around 15 grand given to us in that time. Um, it wasn't all one transaction, there was a couple big ones. A lady just came around, was staying at Rachel's mum and she said, I feel like God wants me to give you five grand, so here you go. And so we, we had to... It was, it was hard for us because we had to adjust our mindsets because we were given 15 grand but it still wasn't enough for us to live for a whole year without working. But it, it got us through to the next stage and then we would come to a time when we would, wouldn't be able to buy groceries or our car broke down and we had to buy a new car and we would pray and we would have money put into our bank accounts enough to buy groceries or pay for a car or things like that. And that's how we had to live for basically the rest of the three years we were over there. It was, it was, a, it was hard, but it was great because it strengthened us in the time. See, comfortability will never kill your Goliath. David had to come out of his comfort zone to be able to look Goliath in the face and kill him. If we remain in our comfort zone, it will become a prison cell for us. And for some people, our first giant that we have to kill is our comfort zone. Sometimes we have to, with all our might, all our strength, pull ourselves out of the comfort zone and that's our first hurdle that we have to overcome. So from verse 38 to 40, so Saul clothed David with his armour and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail David fastened his sword to his armour and tried to walk. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David, David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had 
and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. We can't defeat our Goliath by being someone else. They tried to make David look like a warrior, but David had to face Goliath as the shepherd boy. Sometimes we have to first realize that we're the shepherd boy before we become the warrior. Sometimes it's a process. We have to go from the shepherd boy to become the warrior. And sometimes it's the shepherd boy, not the warrior, that will kill the giant. Sometimes we have to approach that giant as we are, not as the next person or whoever it was before that. Warriors had many times faced Goliath and every one of them was killed. Goliath was a giant, they say roughly around 9 to 10 feet tall, and he had killed every warrior that had come before him. He could kill in his sleep. He was bred for it, he was prepared for it, it's what he did day in, day out, it's all he knew, and it's all he had to do. He wore the latest armour, he wore... he. He had the U-Butte, you know, the Nike Air Maxes and everything you needed to kill people, he had. <clears throat> and everyone that came towards him that tried to defeat him were defeated themselves. It had to be the shepherd boy that first came to him to be able to kill him. We need to know who we are in God and trust his timing. We have to know that sometimes we're the shepherd boy and not the warrior to be able to kill the giant that we're facing at the time. It doesn't matter what the giant is in your life. We have to know who we are in God to overcome it. And every, gi- and every giant we come, come across, come in front of, strengthens us. Every giant that we overcome strengthens us and takes us that one step further into our destiny. If we come to, that, come to a giant in someone else's armour, then we're going to step into their destiny and not ours. We need, to, we need to be okay with who we are because God created you to be you, but he created all of us in his image, not each other's image, image but we're all created in his and that's okay that's pretty good we going okay guys okay 1 Samuel 17 42 to 45 And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. Rob and I can relate to that, can't we, Rob? Rudy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I'll give you I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, 
Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. When we come to our giants, we need to stand face to face and speak directly to that giant. We need to come to the realisation that we have this in front of us and we need to be able to, we need to be okay with speaking to it. We need to use our voice. It doesn't matter what it is. God gave us a voice for a reason. And it wasn't, it wasn't just to praise his name, but it was to speak um, and overcome these giants in our life. If it's fear or whether, whatever it is in your life, we need to be okay with speaking towards it and showing that we are not afraid of this. Bonhoeffer puts it this way, Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. So we don't always face our giants alone. Sometimes it's, it's a body that will be facing a giant. The church body is constantly facing giants, criticisms and, and all this smack and it's not up to one individual to stand up and speak. It's a corporate thing. We need to corporately come together and stand up for what we believe in. Bonhoeffer also puts it this way, only he who believes is obedient and only he who is obedient believes. So believing is obedience and obedience is believing. So if you want to obey the will of God, we need to believe the will of God and we need to prove that we are believers of the will of God. We can't, battles, battles can't be won in a dark room, in a dark spot where no one can see us. We need to stand up for what we believe in. We need to rise up, we need to, we need to speak the truth. As Bonhoeffer puts it, not to speak is to speak. So when we sometimes when we don't speak, it proves that we don't believe. If we do believe, we speak truth. Silence in the face of evil is evil. So when we're placed in a in a place of darkness surrounding us, not to say anything is supporting that darkness sometimes. D.L. Moody puts it this way. Those with unbelief see something in God's hand and say, I cannot get it. Faith sees it and says, I will have it. We need to believe that we can overcome the giant. We need to believe that we can step over the hurdle. We need to believe that we can overcome the fear. 
We need to believe that we are built in the image of God and that we can run towards our Goliath and that we have him behind us because it's not actually us running towards us, it's him behind us pushing us towards him. Verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. To be able to move forward, we need to first rise up. We can't run laying down. To be able to run, we need to stand up before it. To be able to overcome, we have to stand up. No battle was ever won in any history laying down, sitting still. There has to be progress. We are not called to live in fear. We are called to overcome fear. We are not called to walk in trial. We are called to defeat them. Sometimes we go through trials, but we're not called to remain there. In Psalms 23 it says, as though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say, as though I sit and dwell in the valley of the shadow of death. It says that we must walk through it. We must constantly keep, keep momentum going forward. We have armour on the front but not on the back. So we can't stand still, we have to move forwards. We never know how strong we are until we have, all we have left is strength. And that's what it can come down to is sometimes that we don't know how to overcome something until it's the only thing that we have left to do. Until it's all we've got left, we have to overcome this hurdle. We have to overcome this fear. We have to. We know in our mind that you know I could sit here and and do nothing about it. But God says we must overcome. We must rise up and we must go forward and we must defeat this giant in front of us. Wanting to quit isn't bad. It's quitting that will stop us from walking in our destiny. Sometimes we feel um, like we just want to give up. That's, that's not a bad thing. It's probably normal for most of us that we just want to give up, that it's too hard, that, that I've been going through this trial, or I've, been, I've been walking with this fear, or I've been stumbling a lot, and I just want to give up. That's not a bad thing. It's when we actually do give up. That means the giant has won in our life. And if that giant has won in our life, who's to say that that giant doesn't come towards someone else and overcome their life and overcome that person's life 
we need to defeat that giant in front of us. So we have that testimony, like what the youth were saying, that we have that testimony, that we can share it to the person next to us. Testimony means to redo. So if I was to share my testimony of me overcoming my fear, that might give you the confidence to come over yours. Sitting on our hands. When we sit on our hands, we won't be able to hold a sling. We won't be able to use a weapon. We won't be able to throw the stone as what David did. When we sit on our hands, we can't grab hold of anything. We can't grab hold of the word. So we need to rise up. Verse 50. Can I get a piano, please? Keys? Yeah. Be great. We need to be okay with who we are. We need to be in love with who we are. We need to know who we are so we can be fearless when something comes towards us and says, you're not that person. We need to really be okay in our identity. We need to be in the Word. We need to know who we are in the presence of God. And sometimes we spend too much time listening to ourselves instead of speaking to ourselves and saying, this is who we are. This is who you are. You are that warrior. You can overcome this. Yes, you have this in your life. Yes, you have that fear in your life. Yes, that might be holding you back in this area, but you can overcome this. You are this person. You are a child of God. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine. Oh. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. When we know who we are, we know what weapon to choose. We know that in this area, we do not choose the sword, we choose the sling. We know that we have to go to the brook and pick the five stones. When we face, face the giant in our lives, we know that this is not going to work. I need this to work because I know who I am. This is what God says I am. This is how God is telling me to overcome this giant. God, faith is God's weapon of choice and hunger is the access key. To access our faith, we need to be hungry for it. 
We need to dig sometimes. We need to dwell, we need to go deep. It doesn't matter how much faith we have. Jesus says even if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. In any circumstance, faith is the majority. It doesn't matter what darkness we are or what's coming against us, what we're facing, what financial breakthrough we need, what fear we have in front of us, faith is the majority. That mustard seed has to grow into a mustard tree. When we surrender our control, we hand God not only our faith, but also our fear. So if we give up our control, we are saying to God, here is my faith, but as you take my faith, you're taking my fear. When we have faith, fear has nothing in our life. There is no opposition to faith. There is nothing that can overcome it. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's sickness, whether it's broken heart, whether it feels like we're bound by a ball and chain, whether it's our past. We can't dwell in our past. It didn't work for Lot's wife when she looked over her shoulder. It didn't work. We can't keep looking back. We must move forwards. Doesn't matter what it is, faith will overcome it. Doesn't matter how much you have, faith will overcome it. Doesn't matter what it looks like, whether it's a mountain, it has to move when you have faith. It must move when you have faith. It, it, there is no compromise. There is nothing that can defeat your faith, not even death. Death cannot defeat your faith. If we look at Jesus' life, we see what a man walking in faith looks like. The dead were raised, the sick were healed, the lepers were cleansed and the demons had to flee. That giant has to be defeated when you have faith. But we need to first realize what we have. We must realize that we have the faith. We must realize that my tiny little bit of faith, it's not much, but as I water it, it grows. And it might grow a little bit at a time. But each time you water it, it grows more. And each time we step out, it grows more. Each time we take a step forward, it grows a little bit more. Each time we overcome that little giant, it grows even more. Until we have this big backing of faith, this big mustard tree of faith that nothing can overcome us. doesn't matter whether it's death seen the death raised before it does work it happens trust me it works faith works faith works in my life faith works in your life faith works in the person next to yours life 
And if they don't have the faith for it, sometimes you have the faith for it. Sometimes we need to partner together and combine our faith. Sometimes we have to lay hands on that person and pray that they have the faith for it. Sometimes we're asked if our faith can do it, but we know that that person in front of us has the faith for it and we just need to encourage them that they have the faith to overcome this because sometimes we can be blindsided by a giant in front of us, but we know... I know that you have the faith for it. I know that we can overcome it. So if you are here today and and you feel like you have a trial, whatever you want to call it, an obstacle a hiccup doesn't matter what it looks like whether it's God won't love me because I've done this God loves you I promise you that God doesn't feel love He is love He has to love you it's in His nature it's who He is His DNA spells His DNA spells L-O-V-E If you have a trial, if you have a giant, sometimes it could be a small giant, sometimes it's a big giant, sometimes we compare our giants and say their giant's bigger than mine, so I can't worry about my giant. I don't have the right to to complain or to talk about my giant. I don't have the right to overcome my my giant because their giant's way bigger than mine. But if you are facing a giant in your life, I want you to stand right now. If you are standing, if you feel like you are standing in front of a trial in your life, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's fear, whether it's finances, whether it's sickness, whether it's someone else's sickness that's affecting you, whether it's your job or whether it's whatever it could be. If you want to overcome a fear in your life, stand. Lord, I just thank you, God. There's people around you that are standing close by. Just put your hand on them. Come on. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you increase our faith right now, Lord. Lord, the type of faith that makes us walk on water, the type of faith that heals the sick, the type of faith that overcomes fear, the type of faith that raises the dead. Lord, I just pray that you increase that in our life right now in Jesus' name. Lord, any stumbling block has to be removed in the name of Jesus. 
says that every knee shall bow before you, God. Lord, we just come to you as little shepherd's boy, as a little shepherd boy, with our sling and our stones, Lord. And we have complete trust in you, Father, that that's all we need. that every sickness must be healed in the name of Jesus if you have pain in your body right now put your hand on it if you can and speak that this pain must leave in Jesus name there's no compromise Jesus never compromised He never compromised sickness. He never compromised and said it's okay. He never compromised and said that you have this sickness because of this reason. He spoke to it and said it must leave in Jesus' name. It must go. Come on, come on. Maybe you're believing the lie that you're not good enough, that you do not measure up to the mark. Let me say that you are royalty. You are the son, the daughter of a living God, the king of kings. And if he's the king of kings, then who do you think he's king over? If you are a son or a daughter of God, you have to be royalty. It's in your bloodline. It's okay to be okay with yourself. If it's finances in your life that you need to overcome, that it feels like it's a bit of a, a slugfest, that you're always looking at the bank statements or you only just have enough. Lord, I just pray for abundance. Lord, I just pray that you pour out your favor. Let us be blessed so we can be a blessing, Lord. Jesus, we love you. We adore you, God. We give you full credit for any giant that we overcome, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your backing. We thank you that you are behind us 100%. That every knee shall bow before you, Lord. Lord, I pray for wisdom. I pray for the words that we need to speak, Lord.
that we can look in the eyes of darkness and speak truth and light to it. Sometimes we can't see what's on the other side of the giant because it seems too big. But once we have the faith to defeat that giant, and that giant is dead, we can see on the other side of it. When David defeated Goliath and he was dead, he could see that the Philistine army was his to be enslaved. But first he had to kill that giant to see the destiny on the other side. Let's not see our giants and be okay with them in our life. Let's not see our fear and become comfortable with who we are. Fear should trigger faith. Fear should make you pursue faith even harder. Fear should make you access your faith even more. We are not given a spirit of fear. It's okay to feel fear. It's not okay to live in it. It's not okay to be okay with it. It's not okay not to overcome it. We must overcome fear. Big, small, whatever it looks like, whatever package it comes in. Jesus we say no to fear we say yes to love because where there is love there is no fear because once we know that we're loved we know our identity where there is love fear is defeated Thank you, God. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, can we just get the worship team up? We're just going to go into a bit of time of worship. As we worship... I want you to realise who we are. This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.